Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Patio, the show where we talk about things that are happening right here, right now, as well as general news, tips, information, and advice. Now, I thought I'd have to up the ante today and come somewhere where I'm a little bit familiar with in terms of the boxing, but not familiar with the size of the opponent. Nick, my man, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Trevor, thank Joining you. Joining me yeah. is Nick Chapman. Nick, the headhunter Chapman. That's what they say. Hey, that's what they say. Now, I, I, I want to talk to you about your life before fighting, during fighting, and how we've got out here into potato and stuff like that. But what yeah. one on is, where are you from? Guildford in Surrey, originally. In Guildford, so you must know Box Hill. I know Box Hill, yeah, it's where the motorbikes go. That's weekends, it, yeah. It, yeah. And, and, <laughs> do you remember they used to have that, uh, I don't know what it's called, the pub was at the bottom where all the bikers used to meet at the I weekends. Remember. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember the pub, yeah, yeah. And all the bikes used to and gather at the bottom there. That's it, yeah, and, and you used to go up the hill and, and uh, what was the uh, the trail, the Duke of Edinburgh's Award? Do you, remember, do you ever do that? Oh, I never did it, but I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, I, was too I mean, busy in the beautiful gym. part of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I mean, it really is, especially when you do go up to the top of Box Hill, you can see for miles and miles and miles. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice part of the world. Well, sadly, we haven't got those views today. I don't uh, miss you know. them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's hot in here, isn't it? Oh, my Lord. I mean, in terms of, you know, you as a youngster, I mean, were you born in England in Guildford? I was born in uh, Woking, actually. We moved to Guildford a little bit later on. I was still quite young when I got to Guildford, yeah. but I, I kind of grew up in Guildford, yeah. And you went to school in Guildford? I went to various schools in Guildford, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of schooling, I mean, you know, how were you? I mean, if I was to if I was to give your old headmaster a ring, you'd bless him and say, you know, hey, hey, guess what? I've got Nick Chapman with me. You know, what what would his glowing report be of you? What do you reckon? He'd put the phone down. <laughs> He'd hang up on you. <laughs> they all would. Honestly, I was terrible. I was an awful, awful kid. Um, I had anger issues. I had learning disabilities. So they called, which has actually become a massive advantage in my life. But back at back in the day, obviously, no one really knew about them and. And I felt stupid in school, and rather than just be called stupid or look stupid, I just used to kick off and get thrown yeah. out, and it was better for me. So I wasn't very good at school. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, back in the day when when the schools were like when we were arranged, I mean, it was very easy to be picked on, very easy to be bullied, very easy to be persecuted. I mean, it was very hard, wasn't it, back in the day? I never got bullied. Well, no, I don't mean. Yeah, well, I suppose no, you probably <laughs> did. No trouble with that. See, but, so that was your early signs, was it? Well, it was. <laughs> no, it was at school. The I, I could. I, the teachers used to call me stupid and I get so frustrated and angry and I think I didn't want to sit here being called stupid in front of people so I'll just kick off and be, be angry and aggressive and get thrown out of the class and that, that to me was easier. But, but funny enough, later on I went to college and university and I absolutely excelled. It was a different yeah. style of learning. I just needed a different approach, that's it. Yeah. But school, terrible. I got thrown out of every school I went to. Did you ever get the cane? Uh, yep, yeah, the root on the hand, cane, oh, the slipper, yeah, got the all slipper, of that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it actually didn't really bother me. Do you know, we used to have a, a mathematics teacher called Mr. Crowther, and he was a tennis, he was a professional tennis player, stroke teacher. Yeah. And when he delivered the slipper, my lord, <laughs> it, it, it was like a forearm smash. You <laughs> give it, oh, Jesus, you know, it was a <laughs> Proper leverage behind it, yeah. <laughs> Man, that dude could serve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, at school, like you said there, you know, you found it particularly difficult at school and wasn't perhaps one of your most enjoyable parts of your life. Mm. I mean, going from school into the the multi uh, into the MMA, you know. I mean, what were the early signs to you to say to yourself, do you know what? Maybe I can channel this aggression into a, into a different format. I mean, how did that transfer? How did that happen? That's a really good question. I think it's different for everybody, and maybe maybe a lot of guys can relate to, to what I'm about to say. So at school, I was angry. I was aggressive. I don't know why, no one really knew where this anger come from because I had, I had such a great upbringing. My, my family were great, you know, 
had a, had a good life, but just full of anger and, mm. and, and just couldn't control it. So I used to get into fights at school all the time. And I wanted to box as a kid. My mum didn't want me getting hit in the head, ironically. <laughs> mums, that's what mums are for. I know the feeling. Yeah, 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 she, yeah she let one let me. But anyway, so I did Taekwondo and Judo okay. for, for many years, since, since a very young age. And then I went completely off the rails after school when I got expelled from the last one, which was about 13 years old. I just went off the rails. And I spent a period of time in and out of training and just in getting into fights a lot. Mm. It was just constantly fighting for me. Um, I kind of enjoyed it. To me, it was just a bit of fun, really. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't no animosity involved. It wasn't trying to be a nasty person. I just enjoyed it. So yeah. it happened a lot. Um, and then later on in life, I was just sitting with my friends um, and we were just watching the TV and, and the UFC come on. And I was like, I'm doing that shit. Yeah. And my friends all laughed at me. They yeah. literally laughed at me. They went, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the rest is history, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you were saying you watch the UFC, I mean, who is your all-time? Who, who's your, your go-to, man? If, there was, if every fighter was fighting on the UFC and you could watch every single fight, which one would you watch? Dude, well, the guys that inspired me from day one was Hoist Gracie, as with many, because wow. he just dominated yeah. the sport. Yeah, yeah. But, but David Tank Abbott, just the sheer brutality of the man and the mm. sheer just aggression was, for me, the man. He was, he was the guy that just really inspired me. And then, of course, Ken Shamrock. Right. You know, them yeah. three guys, they set me off. And, and from that point, when I watched those guys fighting, it was just, it was just one person after another. I followed right through the, the history mm. of UFC. Um, but yeah, they were the guys that really set me off. So where did you first set off? Where was your first training camp where you, when you went somewhere and you said, right guys, look, I'm a young guy, I'm angry, I like fighting, I enjoy it, I think I'm gonna do well, help me, show me, train me, teach me. I mean, where mm. did you go? That's a good question as well. So where I was from, it was relatively unheard of. Um, it was happening a lot more up, up the other side of London. Down in Surrey, there was not a lot of it going on. That's because you're posh. Well, that was, that's what they say, yeah. I don't think I was posh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what they say anyway. Yeah. So I looked around and, and all I could find was a guy called Alex Reed, which you probably heard of. I know so he was Reed, yeah. He was uh, actually a really good fighter at the time. Uh, he was a lot better fighter than people give him credit for. So I went and trained with him at a place called the Buddha Khan, um, which was quite a notorious gym at the time. And yeah. it was full of tough nuts. I mean, everyone in there was just a beast. And we used to just turn up and kick the shit out of each other. And that was that was it really, that was our learning process. But yeah, yeah Alex had some good skills. And then I like when went up to London Shoot Fighters, trained up at London Shoot. And then um, I started training with uh, Raja Price Fighters, who just one of the best coaches. He was every single fight, he was there like a brother to me the whole way through my career. Yeah, I trained at Roger Gracie's Academy in uh, Ladbrook Grove. Okay. Um, I trained at TKO Boxing Gym in, in Camden Town. Of Camden. Camden, yeah, up oh, in Camden. Camden town, great place. Yeah, I used to travel miles every day just to find the best that I could find. I was wrestling with guys in, in, in Slough. I mean, I used to just travel wherever I could find the best guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, you know, obviously, from school fighting, I mean, let, let's, let's break this down. So school fighting is, you know, two guys stand up, have a tear up, job done, that's the way it goes. Yeah. But when you go into MMA, I mean, I've, I've done a, uh, some training down at the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and I've been up to Castro Gym with Richard and he's rolled me around on the mat. Mm. I have to say, from someone like myself that likes to stand up and toe to toe it and I find comfortable in that, yeah. to roll around on the ground, my Lord, that is a whole <laughs> world. I mean, mm. I mean, how did you find that? I mean, was it difficult finding that people were to go on the ground and tie you up into different knots? To be honest, it was all difficult, you know? You've got to learn boxing, you've got to learn wrestling, you've got to learn jiu-jitsu, you've got to learn Muay Thai. There's so much you've got to take in. You've got to put it all together in sparring, in MMA, and it, there was so much to take in, but I've never been afraid of a challenge. Mm. In fact, for me, I embrace a challenge. The harder it is, the higher the mountain, the more I want to 
get to the top. So it wasn't so much an issue getting into it and starting and just getting moving. And I found out very quickly, like if you can perfect the basics, mm -hmm. that's all you really need really. And especially at the time I was fighting, it was relatively unheard of. The, the levels were much lower then than they are now. So you just had to master the basics. And, and that's what I did. And I started at the bottom and just kept working towards getting better. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, we're going to talk about your fighting and your fights you've had in a second. But I think one of the things that, I don't know if you agree with me on this one, but people say to me like, what's it like boxing? I mean, I've never done to the level you've done. And you know, but people say, what's it like when you fight? I think the biggest thing is get over the fear of getting hit. Mm, yeah. You know, so many people are like, oh, don't hit me, don't hit me. And it's mm. like, relax, you know, yeah. relax. He's not going to take your head off your shoulder. Well, he might do, I mean, you might do. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll just try. relax a little bit and, mm. and just don't focus on, the, on this side of things. Focus on what you're going to do. I mean, when you were fighting guys that were prepared to rock and roll with you, I mean, how much of a transition was that mentally to stand and go, well, actually, this guy really does mean it? <laughs> it was easy. Was it? <laughs> it means nothing to me. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, you could come at me with a sword, I wouldn't care. And I mean it, and I've, it's actually happened to me. Where, when I grew up, honestly, <laughs> in the ring? Mate, more than one guy, I've been, I just charged into groups of 10 at a time. I've really just, I've never cared about yeah. combat. I don't even care about losing or dying in a fight, I really yeah. don't. For me, if I'm gonna do it, then I'm prepared to die, and I, I mean that. So when I was growing up as a kid, we the kind of trouble we got into, and as I got into a, becoming a young adult, there was a bit of gang culture going on, yep. and, and there was some really bad stuff that I've seen and been involved in, and getting into the cage, like the first time I, I applied for a professional fight, I only had three months of training, and I spoke to the promoter, Grant Waterman, He's a good man. There and I go. said, he said, have you fought before? I said, yeah, loads. He said, but have you fought professional <laughs> MMA? I went, dude, like you're talking about one guy with a pair of gloves and a referee to stop it if it gets out of hand. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> like, get me in there. Yeah. It really meant nothing from where I'd come from. So yeah. it was easy. Well, I want to talk to you about your fighting career because I've done a bit of research, as you know. He's, he's, uh, yeah. he's having a peep now trying to see what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your first fight was against Andreas Juska. That was my second fight. Oh, sorry. Well, on, on the, your record, it says that was your first There's fight. There's four fights that weren't registered on Sherdog. Ah, Sherdog, okay. sorry, but okay. honestly, my, I've had the promoters talk, talk to Sherdog about my record and we've pr provided all the information and Sherdog point blank refused to update my record because they ah, want okay. information on every single fight on the card. Unfortunately, the promoter did not register the fights, so it's his fault, but... Yeah, there's four fights. So my first fight was a guy called Ben Schneider. Right, okay. Mm. My question to you about that, I mean, how did you feel with it? You know, you step in the ring, now it's down to business, it's professional, it's the real deal. Mentally, how did you prepare for that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I come from a very, it's funny because school was very bad for me, but I come from a quite an academic background after school. I studied really hard. I went to university, sports and exercise science. I've, I really put a lot into my studies because I wanted to catch up with what I missed out on. Sure. And I, I fascinated by the whole psychology of sport. So I actually employed a, a sports psychologist from the very beginning and mm. just worked through strategies, visualization and, and just staying calm. And, and going into the fight for me was, it was just pure excitement. Mm. There was no fear, there was no, the only worry in my back of my mind was the, the possibility of losing because I don't yeah. like, I yeah. hate the thought of losing. But yeah. for me, it wasn't gonna be a career. It was just a load of fun. It was a massive step down from what I'd been doing in my life. So. Absolutely no stress. The, yeah. the stress come later when you started to perform well and yeah, people got expectations yeah. of you. Well, I mean, you say it wasn't going to be a career, but you actually did map out a career in, in yeah. MMA, didn't you? Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at one other question I want to ask you, and we spoke about this off camera, mm. you know, and I apologise for the incorrectness here, because oh, obviously I'm going fault. by what, no, what I can find. No, it's not your But obviously when you had the fight with Andreas, Jessica, you, you round one, mm. arm bar, triangle choke out. Arm triangle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, then literally four months later, you fought David Zetlowski, mm -hmm. uh, round 
down to. Arm same same <laughs> yeah. technique. I mean, was that like your trademark? Did you look for that because you'd had success in the first fight? It's funny. It was just um, it's just something I just naturally found relatively simple to get on and finish with yeah um, and yeah it was it was kind of a signature move yeah okay i mean interestingly you know, i mean those two fights came within four months of each other i think you had a mm. year off yeah. virtually a year off your next fight well, was I like I october fought, i fought for a title against charlie langdon which again wasn't oh, registered right, on okay. sure dog now listen sir Sorry. you're making me look at all now come <laughs> nah, on it's sort not yourself you, it's out, sure eh? dog. honestly i've had this trouble and, it, and it's caused me so many problems it's got me as five and three on yes five and three but yeah. I'm, I'm nine and three nine and three right yeah, okay so, and and you know, professional bouts. But anyway, that's another story. So, yeah, so there was first Ben Ben Schneider, then it was Andreas Juska, then it was David Zetelowski, then it was Charlie Langdon. They were all four wins, okay. one after the other. So I didn't actually have a year off at that point. Right, I'm with you. And am I right in thinking that the first loss you had was Jimmy Manua? Yeah, he caught me with a knee and cut me and the referee stopped the fight. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, was heartbroken. In terms of the fight, were you comfortable, happy, everything going okay? Oh, just fine. Just caught you? Even the cut, it was nothing. It was absolutely, it was, I know the rules of MMA, if the blood's going in your eye, you got to stop the fight, and I had no say in it. He didn't, didn't knock me, didn't phase me, didn't even hurt me. It was just, yeah. The trouble cut. is, once you get cut, once you get cut a lot of times, don't you? Because it just becomes very really soft tissue and it's yeah, easy to open. Yeah, it scars up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was a nasty cut, but yeah, I could have carried on. Basically. Now, I've got you down here, and apologies again if I've got this that's wrong. Right. No, um, that's it. That should be good from now. But I, I've got that, uh, funny enough, you mentioned about cuts. Your yeah. last ever win was through oh. a cut. Yeah, and that yeah. was when you beat Ben Smith in May 2015. You beat yeah, him in that, a cut. That was for the cage race title, UCMMA. Yeah, that was exactly the same way that Jimmy cut me with yeah. a knee to the head, except. I counted 13 or 14 knees I connected with, with wow. Ben. Jimmy got me with one and just cut me, but Ben just... Yeah. If you watch the pre-fight interviews, I told him I was going to break his face, and I did. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, I guess one of the questions that maybe a lot of people watching this would like to, to understand, I mean, when you are on the floor and you are tied up, you know, you watch the MMA, you watch UFC, you can see these, I mean, you know, the, the, the groundwork is incredible. Yeah. I mean, at any one time when you're being bent in all these different directions, I mean, what goes on in your head? I mean, how do you think to yourself, right, I've got to get out of this? I mean, it's... I'll be you... honest with you, mate. All I'm thinking about is breathing. <laughs> I'm like, breathe, breathe, because I'm a big guy. Yeah. Okay, fitness is... I've, I managed to get fit for fighting, but it was a struggle, and it, I'd lose it quite quick. I was, I was all about strength and power. And honestly, I can remember all my fights thinking, breathe, breathe, just find some breath. And I'd find my breath and then and go for it but you know the whole the whole grappling thing I, oh, I absolutely loved it it's like playing chess for me and I mm. love chess you know you're yeah. thinking two or three moves ahead and, and I was I actually come into the into the fight game wanting to be a striker done some judo uh, done some jiu-jitsu done some wrestling and realized actually you know what I really like the grappling yeah so my first the first end of my career was all about stri uh, uh, grappling and, and submissions but then near the end I kind of wanted a bit more brutality so it was elbows and knees yeah so yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I just love everything about the sport. I mean, in terms of the sport, I mean, I've got to ask a question because Nate Diaz for me, Nate Diaz, oh, yeah. I love the guy to bits. I yeah. mean, he is, he reminds me of a kid at school we had called Lyndon Johnson. You could hit that dude with anything you wanted. <laughs> and he would just stand there and look at you and go, oh, okay. Yeah. And you're thinking, dude, I mean, Nate Diaz is the same. And when he yeah. fought McGregor, yeah. you know, I, I was just, I, I, I apologized to my neighbors because I was jumping up and down screaming. <laughs> and when he tapped him out, I mean, yeah. For me, I mean, was you was you Team McGregor or, or Team Diaz? Dude, I've got to be honest, and people hate me for this, I've never been Team McGregor. Yeah. No, I mean, I respect the guy for what he's achieved and what he's done, but for me, I just think he's a little bit too much. Yeah. But um, hey, he's a great fighter. 
Um, but I always knew like his grappling was going to be an area that it would expose him at some point. But hey, the dude's done really well. Oh, but only just. Yeah. I, I kind of I liked watching the fight because I wasn't so much desperately wanting McGregor to win. I was kind of just wanting to see a great fight, and that's what I saw. And the better man won on the night. Okay, the first time, obviously. Mm, yeah. And then the second time it was a different. And of course, story. Khabib. I mean, that was uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he is a different. That different was only ever going to go that way. Dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it, never going to go any other way. Yeah, I mean, and Dustin Poirier. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought we had a good shot against Dustin. So yeah, yeah. So it's all fun and games, isn't it? It's all fun and games. Uh, for, for, for some of us, yeah. I mean, if you <laughs> if you could go into the ring now and fight any one person, Ooh. any one person, Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa. Oh, okay, because of the because loss. of the stoppage, yeah, 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 the stoppage with a cut. So you wouldn't want to go and take on any any of the other boys, the big UFC stars. You just go back and, and put right what went wrong. Yeah. Fair play, yeah. fair play. I mean, we're coming to the end nearly. I mean, obviously I want to talk to you in part two about your business. And I want to read this out because this was something I, I read on the on the internet uh-huh. and it was brilliant. It said, <laughs> from Liberation Mentor Podcast, they said, oh, yeah. former MMA fighter Nick Chapman looks like a thug <laughs> and he wouldn't have it any other way. It's caused people to underestimate him countless times and given him the upper hand in business and social situations. What's, what's your take on that? that? I love that saying. It's, it's true. I mean, when I started at school, okay, I was I was slightly behind because of my they call it a learning difficulty, whatever. But as I come out of school, I went to I went to college and I, I just flew. I excelled in everything I did, and I've I've studied ever since. And I started to generate, started to get this um, this business acumen. I started to create businesses and a marketing ability. And then I'd start having meetings with different types of people, and like my solicitors, for example, and, and certain sponsors and things like that. And I'd walk in and they'd take a look at me. And it's human nature, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it is. You, you judge people. We're, yeah. we're creatures of habit. You know Brad judge. Pitt. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, there you go. I wouldn't want to be Brad Pitt. Would I? I'd want his money. <laughs> and Angelina. Yeah, I'll have a crack at her. Oh, I don't know. I'm and right. Jennifer. I love my life better. <laughs> but I'd walk in and you could just see straight away the people go there we go yeah. but then I start talking and I, I, I mean I can communicate on a level in business and I can, I can get stuff done and I can achieve results and, and all of a sudden people because you were so different to what they originally expected you stick out in their mind mm. and mm. it has, it has a, a positive impact over time um, I must admit like we do get stereotyped you know yeah. bald head tattoos yeah. people are like oh here comes a thug and, and it, it does happen I mean yeah. obviously you know you experienced it a lot yeah. I mean it must be nice though when you walk out to go there you go, boys. You were wrong in that character assassination. Exactly. You know, in terms of people coming out, I mean, obviously you've gone from Guildford to Patea. I mean, mm. I just want to touch on that before we close up on part one. Mm-hmm. Part two, we are going to talk a lot more about Nick's business and about other aspects about here. Uh, but I have got two questions for you before we finish part one. Number one, okay. how did you go from Guildford to sunny Box Hill in wonderful Surrey, the posh area, yeah. to come here? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, look, there's many reasons why I left England, um, but in a nutshell the British government okay. I worked myself to the bone I, I left at one point I was 39 years old I had three successful companies I was paying hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of tax every year and in a long story short the British government screwed me over they okay. made promises in one hand and did not deliver with the other and they screwed me over and I'm the guy like single guy with no kids with very successful companies paying a lot of tax and they're like 
take, take, take in one hand. And if anything ever happened, if I lost everything, they'd have given me nothing back. Mm. They're funding wars I didn't agree with. The, the policies and, and the taxes where they was all being spent was completely, I just didn't agree with any of it. So I said, you know what, I'm done. I sold everything and left. And, and had you been here before you came here to, no. to set up? Really? No, I was actually spent wow. eight Wow, so you literally just got up and said, right, that's where I'm gonna go. Dude, best feeling ever, right? So literally I'd, I'd made a six month plan to get everything sold and I had just, I sold everything, even my shoes and my, my, my suits, everything. And I just had a big skip outside my house and threw everything else away. <laughs> all I had was a passport, Brilliant. money in my bank account and a bag. And I was in the airport going, like <laughs> the world is literally my oyster. I can go anywhere I want. And I spent eight years learning Spanish because I thought I wanted to go and move to, to, to Mexico and just yeah. chill out in, the, in, the, in mountains somewhere and hide away and just, just settle down. And I said, I'll go and see my mate in, in Patea first because I'll probably never see him again. Yeah. I come here and went, I'm never leaving Patea, <laughs> never leaving this place. I love it, love it. Brilliant, really brilliant. So, yeah. How long have you been here now? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years. And obviously I can tell by the smile on your face, no regrets. Dude, it's the best place in the world. Indeed. It's Indeed. amazing. One question before we finish up. Go on, dude. And he's sitting there thinking, what's he going to ask yeah, me? Yeah, I'm what's not ready for this one. What you no, got you know me? the answer to it. You know this one. I mean, I watched on your uh, social media the other day that, you know, you've got a young lad here who's a really nice kid and he's, you know, he's, he's your pad man and he's does you... <laughs> But I mean, obviously he was just playing a joke by putting the tape over your mouth on the, on the punch bag over there on, on the bag. Mm. But you roped him up, tied him up and dangled him from the ceiling. I mean, is, have you let him go now? I thought I'd done him a favour. That could have been a hell of a lot worse for him, he mate. Literally, he's roped him up and, and hooked him up on one of these beams and just left him there. Yeah, tied him up like this, left him swinging and put tape over his mouth. But he, he was being cheeky. What am I supposed to do? He was being cheeky. Well, listen, it's been brilliant, Nick. Thank you so oh, much pleasure. for your time. It's Thank been you, absolutely mate. Brilliant. Thank Guys, you. part two. Two, we are going to come back and I want to dig down into, into more of like Nick's business acumen and the businesses he's got going here. And uh, I've got a couple of other little gems which I'm not going to ask him <laughs> right now. We'll, we'll leave that till part two, which will be out on Friday, guys. Friday, nine o'clock. So please come back and watch part two. And, uh, you know, if you've got any questions, drop the questions down below. I'll get Nick to jump onto the channel. I'm sure he'll take some time out of his busy schedule just to answer those off for you guys. So please, you know, jump in and, uh, and engage. And uh, probably you're safer on their comment in the you are sitting here. <laughs> there you go. I might string you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's it from us today. Thank you so much for watching the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Patia. As always, please remember hit the subscribe button and also the bell icon if you'd like to be notified when we bring out a new video. Check out our members area. More and more members are joining each and every week, which is fantastic. And guys, join our Telegram group. There's lots of like-minded people just like you all on there chatting away and sharing stories and, and all kinds of things. It really is great fun. All right, that's it from us, guys. Thank you so much for watching, and wherever you are in the world, stay safe. What do you got?